back, everybody. Welcome. This is uh, episode two of season two of Happy Hour and Some Change. Double How are two. you two doing today? We're plugging along. We make, us, make some progress. Mm. We are. Today we got Austin Vesely. He is a writer uh, and director of Slice. Slice. It is a new uh, horror movie. A nice campy little flick that he uh, wrote and directed himself, and he got put on by what is the uh, production company? A twenty four, which they is, are the up and comers. They are. Well, I'll tell you what. For me, like, I mean, they're not up and comers anymore. Now it's like they're kind of the standard top, of, yeah. of good movies. You know, yeah. they they put out a uh, Moonlight and um, shit. I mean, the last two best pictures. I'm pretty sure were A twenty four pictures. Really, but as as like a as a Chicagoan for one, and a movie lover too. I love sitting down and talking with Austin because how many people do you know in this city that are just working here, living here, and putting out high-level movies like that and, like, high-level anything, like, whether it's the music videos or anything? Almost nobody. Yeah, and and he's we caught him on the rise. He's someone who's definitely on the upward trajectory. Once this movie hits... Oh yeah, people start seeing this, love this, and he's, gonna be he's working on a few other things too right now too. Yeah, yep, yep. We touch I think on in the the ep. The <laughs> Stop that! Don't going. ever say that again. <laughs> Sorry, the, ep- the episode. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Much better thanks for being clear. Uh, he confused. also is a uh, very distinguished uh, uh, music video director. Yeah, does a lot of Chance the Rapper's music videos. Uh, he talks about that a lot. He's in this been to the VMAs it's, it's, a few times. Yeah, man. I mean, the guy's done a lot for you know someone in his twenties uh, that's living here in the city. Like, he's accomplished a lot already. And I think uh, if you go and sit down and watch Slice, I know that you're gonna love it, and that you'll see that this guy is like on the on the yeah. Rise. His eyes, his uh, ideas, and his direction of that movie are oh man, just the creativity, just- like. It's new. Well, yeah, it's a very it's creative, fresh. individual, individualistic movie. Like, oh yeah, much that, out that's there that's like it, I loved I kinda... about. That's one of the things I loved about it the most is just like you could see his vision. Yeah, and it was such a unique vision, and he's and it worked. Shy, he's not shy about it. He doesn't no. compromise. Like the movie's ridiculous, well, and, the, and he knows it. And but all the ca- let's all the ridiculousness in, shine. in like a great way, and yeah. like like it's like all the characters fit perfectly into this world that it's like it's its own thing. Like it doesn't exist. Yeah, you just, yeah. Like, he talks it, about yeah. that it in the just, episode. You believe everything just because it's there, and everybody buys into it so hard. Exactly. And man, yeah. Chris Parnell's got some got some zingers. In he there is, that made me laugh. He's fucking Chris Parnell to the bone in that movie. He's so funny. <laughs> and the his the, dry humor. The cops who are uh, Chicagoans as well. That, that's the other the, cool thing. He used a lot of Chicagoans as actors. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, this is just, if you don't know him, go look him up, look up his work, and definitely check out Slice. Uh, I mean, I know anyone who watches it is going to love it. And start following this guy because he's on the up and up. For sure. Definitely. Well, enjoy. I'm right. excited for people to hear. So, uh, yeah. Cheers. Get ready for episode two. Cheers. Yep. Adios. I guess to start off, Austin, Vesely. Yes. Can I say your last name? Indeed. Craziest thing, we're just talking. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners know that we are from Iowa, and there aren't many people in this industry that are as well. So it's cool to meet someone that is. Yeah, I have kind of an interesting like journey with Iowa, because I was born there in Dubuque, but it was like it was sort of by chance. Like My family lived 
in a really small town over sort of outside of Galena, Illinois. And right. it was just like the nearest hospital was Dubuque. So I was born in Iowa, and I didn't live there again until um, junior year of high school. We moved up there to the Quad Cities. So. Where were you in between? Oh, uh, man, I lived in Everywhere. Oklahoma, uh, Illinois, uh, Germany a little bit. So I had a, my dad worked for the Army all the time, so. Traveling just yeah. like crazy. Yeah. Were you young in, in Germany or older? Yeah, it was it was from when I was um, eleven to when I was thirteen. So it was it was a pretty formative time, you know. But it also, you know, in retrospect, it's like I didn't really appreciate it for what yeah, it was. You, you know, <laughs> were you on like a military base, so you went to like English school and yeah. everything like that? Yeah, we were on one of the biggest, if not the biggest, military outpost, uh, Ramstein Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. We lived off base, so that was cool to be like immersed in that culture, but. But yeah, I was going to a Department of Defense school. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, wow. yeah. when was that? It was two thousand two, two thousand three. So it was it was crazy too because the Iraq War was kicking off at that time. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and it was and the only TV we got over there that was American was American Forces Network. So it's kind of like wow. <laughs> so you, I didn't even heard of that. Yeah, wow. AFN. I'm sure so, it was pretty pro Iraq. Oh war man, I tell you what, I didn't understand that the Iraq War was like a bad thing till <laughs> oh, years sure later. Yeah. Like because you're so immersed in that sort of like propaganda. Uh-huh. Um, but but yeah, it was it was interesting because there'd be like some of your regular American shows, and then there'd be these ads about like prevent fraud, waste, and abuse in the American military, and it's just like it's just weird stuff. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, that's too wild. I, I would have never. So what, what landed you back in Iowa then? Uh, again, it was my dad's job. So we went from Germany back to Oklahoma. We'd been, there's a military ammunition plant down there. And then uh, Rock Island Arsenal is sort of like the headquarters for whatever it is my dad does. It's demilitarization. I don't, the ins and outs sometimes are lost on mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, there's Rock Island Arsenal right there in the Mississippi River, like between Illinois and Iowa. And that's where he works. So you ended up going to Bettendorf, is that right? I went to Pleasant Valley, so I was right around the corner from Bettendorf. But That's too funny, yeah. You don't get to meet too many people from, yeah, know. you know, around there. That Yeah. But w- when you really look at it, you got Elijah Wood is from that neck of the woods. Is uh, that true? Oh, really? I didn't know that. He's from uh, Cedar Rapids area. Whoa. Um, oh, I did. Okay, I didn't know I didn't that. had no yeah. idea he was an Iowa kid. Yeah, I mean, he was a child star, so uh, take it for what it is. Not for very sure. long. Yeah. D- did you guys see uh, A Quiet Place? We did, yeah. That, those guys. Those guys are from Bettendorf High School. And you know they were like, they were a couple years older than than me and my friends who were making movies. But it was cool because they were like doing homegrown feature films when we were like just graduating high school. So it was it was actually pretty inspiring. But no yeah, shit. now they're a quiet place. Yeah. One of the biggest movies. <laughs> like, are you, are you still yeah. in touch with those people at all, or are they just? Um, my friend Elijah is a little bit more. I haven't ever actually met those guys, but I was just always like, it was nice to have sort of a a precedent to look up to. Like, oh, you can really do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's key. Because yeah. when well, did you start writing? Um, I was always a writer, like. When I was a little kid, it was like kind of mm-hmm. when I started doing that. I was writing everything I did was a rip off though, and you know, like to a certain <laughs> like, like everybody. Yeah, it's like how you start, right? So I don't know. I remember in third grade, I got I had just moved to Oklahoma, and it was always like when you're moving a lot, you always kind of gotta like make a stake, or, like who you are, yeah, um, and Good adapt, yeah. yeah. And so I was writing, uh, I was writing stories, and it was more I think to even impress the teachers than my friends. But I was just like ripping off, I don't know. The Chronicles of Narnia, or <laughs> just whatever thing I was into at that time, I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm gonna write that. Yeah, but just totally bite it. Nah. Yeah, but um, but yeah, that that continued for a long, long time, and um, I didn't start like really trying to write scripts until probably senior year of high school. Okay. I wrote like a short film, um, 
Yeah, and then Slice was my first like real go at a feature. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. you had started on that a while, like years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a short film idea that I and I completed that script and sat on it uh, f- mostly through like 2013. It was like the top of 2013. I started writing that, and it was around the end of that year when I was like, okay, I want to do something else with this. Started trying it as like a pilot, uh, and then eventually into a feature. So, nice. and how did you even, as someone going to schools in Iowa, how do you even know how to do something like that? Yeah, I don't. It was kind of just a lot of trial and error, and like, and I had, uh, I met this guy in high school, Elijah Alvarado, who I still work with all the time, and he, um, he was like a little bit more advanced than me. Like, I was doing stuff, I was doing stuff all by myself, sort of like as class projects. I was making videos and stuff in my basement. You know, but Elijah was actually going out and trying to like tell narrative stories, and I had never, you know, actually tried to do that uh, so much with a camera before. So yeah, I was like trying stuff out. Um, I went to University of Iowa for journalism, um, and then kind of started taking film classes there, and realized that I was sort of fooling myself. Like I really wanted to do the film stuff, you know. So you start to learn a little bit in film school, and then I transferred to Columbia College here. What, what, when you're at Iowa, I know that's where those. The guys from uh, The Quiet Place. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Isn't that the program they went to as well? I'm not sure, actually. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that they went to the Iowa film yeah. program. But I feel like they have a pretty good... It was it was cool, man. It was scrappy and rugged, and it always felt like it was on the verge of getting like defunded or removed, <laughs> yeah. you know? like how, As arts programs kind of always feel like they are, if they're not at an art school. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there were some really cool teachers in that program who were making some interesting work. You know, I was able to shoot 16 millimeter film a few times, which was like, it was right at the end of when they were starting to like phase that out, you know, oh, really? um, and from just film school, and just go straight digital. Yep. So that was cool, you know, to get sort of a chance to do that. It makes you rethink the medium a little bit when you're looking at the physical photographic quality of what a film is, you know, so it was a, it was a good program, I thought. But then you end up going to Columbia. Yeah. And yeah. what sparked that? Um, it was kind of like, it was a bit of that where like I didn't feel like that program maybe was going to do everything I needed it to do. And and like the culture around film in Iowa City was cool, but it didn't, I couldn't see the next like, step. It's not like Chicago. Totally. Had, had you been here before? I'd been here before. So I was, I'd been, I'd visited here since I was a kid. Um, I hadn't been back in a long time. And then actually Elijah, I keep bringing him up. He, he moved up here. He was going to Columbia. So it made sense. Like my main collaborators here, it's a bigger city. There's more opportunities. Um, and it's just a cool place, you know? So. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. We, we all kind of followed that same route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when did you do that? What year was that that you moved to Chicago? 2010. And you just never left. Like never you graduated left. and just. I didn't graduate. Moved. I uh, <laughs> I I uh, went through a few semesters, and in the meantime, I was like doing. Um, I started doing like rap music videos for mm-hmm. people in the community, and started like, I was learning so much doing that. You know, where it's like, well, I could get paid a very little amount of money to do this, where I'm really learning stuff, or pay a whole lot of money to go to school. Where they're also teaching me stuff. And one of them seemed more viable at the time. A little bit more fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah, hear, I, I hear you. In the end, you're just going to get a piece of paper that says you can do something. Yeah. Or you could go actually fucking do the thing. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? I went to school for acting, too. It's like, all I do is have a sheet of paper that says you can act at yeah. the end of it. Yeah. So and what a like, fun and hilarious piece of paper that is. Like, yeah. Who do you present it to? <laughs> yeah. They still want to see you act at yeah. the end yeah, of the like, day, you know? Yeah. So it turns out. No, I'm qualified. <laughs> yeah. Iowa State does not vouch for me very well in the audition room. So. <laughs> So how do you how would you talk about Columbia then as a school for I think it's great man I mean it was cool because I mean I guess there's a difference too I think in being 
sort of more in the technical arts of film, like being a cinematographer, I think you can probably get a lot more out of a film school program as a cinematographer than you could as someone who maybe wants to write and direct. Because, you know, there's, there's, you can learn about writing scripts and stuff like that, but there isn't really, they're not teaching you to have vision. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. So, like, really, yeah. so like one of the things that I would always see is that the highest level of Columbia, it was called... Uh, Oh man, I forget what it's called now, but it's like it was the practicum. I think it was called the practicum film. It was like the one that you make at the end of the whole journey, right? And they put it up at uh, the Siskel and Ebert yeah. Film Center, whatever yeah. that place is called. The yeah, and you know, not to diminish again, not to diminish what goes on over there, but like I always felt like those things were technically really sound, but I felt like they were just shitty movies, and it's like <laughs> you know, and it's like you know maybe that's you can't learn that stuff necessarily you know you can you can hone it you can hone your your craft or your creativity or or your voice but like i felt like who the people who are really getting stuff out of it were the people who were learning to shoot 35 millimeter or learning to you know record sound and mix sound nicely you know what i mean and, and also had vision and yeah yeah. How, yeah how did you get involved making music videos that's yeah so there was like this little film collective called Ella Films and it had like a great logo and they were making these like cool hip hop videos with DSLR cameras, you know, little to no budget. And that was really exciting to me. It felt like there was a scene, there was a culture, it was vibrant. So I started working with them again through Elijah and, um, and it was through them that I met this band kids these days. So there was like a lot of artists that, you know, we were making projects for that I was like you know this is cool and it's a good learning experience but it's not like I'm gonna go home and listen to this <laughs> you know but like kids these days was all of a sudden this band that I was like oh my god I believe in this group so much and I want to be a part of what they're doing and it was you know it was Vic Mensa it was um Macy Stewart who went on to be in the band Ohm yep uh Nico Seagal uh, you know who's in Chance's band Sticks, who's in Chance's band so it was like this crazy super group that had formed in high school and we're just like blowing everything else out of the water you just recognize the talent in it. And yeah, and I was like, I, you know, and that, and that helps you, that compels you when it comes to, like, making a, a creative project for them. It's like if you connect to the music, that's easier. And um, well, yeah, if you don't feel something, I, I imagine it would be hard to, yeah. well, I'm going to make this music Give video. Give yourself yeah. into it. What yeah. relates to you guys, but yeah. I don't really. Yeah, I mean, much later in my career, stuff would come through where it's like, we've got a $50,000 budget, and I'd listen to the song, and I'd be like, <laughs> like, like you know, you want that budget, man. But yeah. it's like, if it isn't speaking to you, like, at what point do you have to like cut your losses? You know, but, but yeah, it was through it was through kids these days that I met like the Save Money Collective and Chance being the the main guy f in that group that I vibed with and, and started making his stuff. Yeah, it's too crazy, you know, coming from someone from the middle of Iowa mm -hmm. to directing some of Chance the Rapper's biggest music videos. Yeah. Because you did uh, Sunday Candy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, I, I like that video a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's universally like a revered video. It's just like, man, It's a that fun is... one, man. It's it's really fun. And that was like, it was a great, you know, collaboration with, with, with Chance where it was like, you know, he kind of gave me some guideposts of what he wanted to do. Like, I want it to be sort of like a musical and, and sort of stagey and stuff like that. So with a song that fun and that... Uh, that feel good, you know, yeah. you can really kind of like translate those those how, ideas easily. How did you go about setting it up? Like, how what was the process for that? It was much like you know putting together like a short film where I got I the first person I contacted was a cinematographer Nathan Salter, um, who I'd been working with since the Ella Films days, um, a production designer Amanda Brinton, who I met at Columbia, and again both of those people graduated from Columbia. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's like 
there's stuff yeah. to get. Yeah. From did you there. meet yeah. them there, or did you? I met Amanda there. I met Amanda there in my very first class, and she production designed my first like class short film uh-huh. that I did. Um, Nathan, I met just through Ella Films, and he okay. happened to be at Columbia. Um, so yeah, you go through that, and and then you're kind of like basically I wrote a treatment that was like moment to moment, second to second, what should be happening on the screen. And then you basically just go have meetings with those department heads and figure out how are we going to bring this to life. And uh, it was incredible, man. I'd never had that much, that level of control over detail and stuff like that where we had these amazing sets being painted. And I got to choose what color the stripes were going to be on the wallpaper. <laughs> and, like, you know, it was, it was cool. It felt, like, it felt like real, real true filmmaking. And maybe for the first time to me, it felt like that level of, oh, yeah, this is, this is for real. And that was the first... That that was um, that was probably my fourth or fifth video with Chance, and probably I don't know, like at my tenth through the career. But uh, it, it was the first one that felt like, oh yeah, we're making film, like we're we're yeah. we're doing it for well, real. I remember seeing that without knowing who you were, and probably really not knowing who Chance was at the I time. Didn't, I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. You know, whenever that, uh, do you remember what year that was? I don't yeah, even it know. came out in April of 2015. Yeah, I remember seeing that and thinking, oh man. You know, this is art compared to other stuff that's out there at the time. Not to, you know, bash one or the other, but I remember seeing that and thinking, it was wow. Cool like, to see. Yeah. 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 I appreciate that. It was, it's, and that was kind of always the thing that was fun with Chance is that he was willing to take risks on stuff like that where we could bring more of a, from the get go, I wanted to make narrative films and that's where I was always going. So when it came to music videos, it's like there's there's music videos that I love, but a lot of them are the ones that move a little bit towards more towards film, more towards experimental yeah. film. Mm-hmm. And Chance was willing to sort of let me take those risks with the stuff that we were doing with him. And it was cool because it, it helped him, um, I think, kind of present a, a unique brand to people that he was a little bit different than the average bear, too, you know? Yeah, it, it painted him in a light to me just as a viewer of like, oh, I need to find out who both of these people are. You know, I need to figure out who made this and who's making the music and who's, because that was amazing. And the, the, the female singer, was it Jamila Woods? Yeah, Yeah. Jamila Woods. Yeah. Yeah, She's awesome too. Yeah. And yeah, you can go and I'll be sitting in Starbucks now sometimes and hear a Jamila Woods song. Come on. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she's from Chicago too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So you're just kind of tied to all the Chicago, I mean, you wouldn't call them up-and-comers anymore because most of them are yeah. beyond there, almost the standard of music, but you're tied to a lot of different people like that, like Vic Mensa. And yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, it was just an incredibly fortunate time um, to sort of like show up here and be willing to dive in, you know, without like worrying about making a lot of money or doing anything like that. It was just like, oh my God, a group of really passionate artists and we can make art that benefits one another and that was like symbiotic it was cool man you know so so and then you know now to protract that out years later it's just amazing to see where so many of these people have ended up where you know even people who hadn't put out any music at that time like um no name she just was the headline uh rolling stone one of the best rappers alive no name oh, that's too funny. and it's just like man that's crazy you yeah. know? like rolling stone well, we just went to um, Hannibal had that show at the Chicago Theater. Right on. Two weekends ago or whenever it was. And mm-hmm. uh, he had Vic Mensa come on. Yeah. In the middle of a comedy show. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes you wonder if that's going to work. Yeah. Killed it. It, was, it couldn't have been more. That's awesome. Fun. And you're thinking, man, these. And for the most part, it's Chicago people, Eric Nicole Clark. Yeah. Hannibal, um, Tony Trim. Dave came out right, too. 
Chappelle did. Yeah, yeah he yeah. did. Crazy. <laughs> he came out and killed it, and I did not expect that until I was in line. Oh, nice. I'm in line. Quality surprise. Yeah, someone says, oh, yeah, you know Dave Chappelle's coming to this? Like, you have got to be kidding me. No <laughs> yeah. shit. That is amazing. Yeah. Did they let him smoke on stage? I don't know if they let him, but he did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's going to do it. Dave fucking Chappelle. He's going to fucking yeah. do it regardless. <laughs> yeah. I'm he being high if I'm going up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he chain smoked, but, God, it was too funny. I mean, what a show, especially to showcase some... Chicago people, Lil Rel Howery. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got a new show coming out, right? Yeah, it came out last week. Is I watched the first episode. It was really good. Is it? Which which show is it? Rel on Fox, it's called. Oh, yeah. It might just be called Rel, but nice. it's on Fox. So. <laughs> I, think <laughs> I think it's just called Rel. I don't think it's called Rel on Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Rel that's, on the, Fox. that's the hashtag if you uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. want to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> but from uh, Sunday Candy, you went and did... Uh, Angels? Is, was, was that the next one? Yeah. Um, in between, I guess, that summer, I did... a. Uh, a music video with Chance and Kaylani called The Way. That was really a fun one. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the next one we did was Angels, which we shot in December of that year. And then uh, it came out like the following April or something. But yeah. that was, a, yeah, that was a really crazy one because it was like we had to go have a meeting with the CTA and uh, tell them, well, hey, we want to put him on top of this train this moving train and, you know, kind of like give them a pitch of how that's going to go. And I didn't really think they were going to let us do it. And they did. Yeah. How'd yeah. That, uh, yeah. How'd the pitch Free go? Advertising for the CTA. It was <laughs> funny, man, because we brought in, we basically, cool. we brought in like a stunt guy. And, you know, I mean, at this point, it's like Chance had already sort of started doing a lot of this community work and stuff like that. So there was a, there's a level of respect around him as an ambassador for the city. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go in to have the meeting with the CTA, and they're like, yeah, we know who Chance is. You know, that's fun. And then we basically have, like, a stunt coordinator drawing stick figures of how we're going to secure Chance <laughs> on top of a CTA car, and they're like, that looks pretty good. <laughs> uh, and then there was one other guy in there. Um, damn it, I want to say his name is Bill, CTA Bill, but he w- he's, like, the guy who coordinates all the movie relations with the CTA, He's just got long hair and a goatee, and he's, he's just been like, around. yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, man, let's do it, let's do it, man. <laughs> I was there when Harrison Ford was getting on the train, the fugitive dude. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was it was awesome, but yeah, then we went and did that, and it was a crazy day. It was December. Wait, so were you on the train too? I didn't ever get on top, unfortunately. Just the camera was set. yeah. Okay. Uh, so we had a camera guy up there, a stunt guy up there, and then I was inside the train watching on monitor. So. Nice. Which is which is nerve wracking too because I'm putting him up there and I mean it's dangerous. It's not not dangerous for the sure. The whole time oh, I'm damn. watching, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, yeah. either this is some crazy this, special yeah. effects, yeah. or yeah. This he's up on that fucking train. train. Yeah, man. We went up there. There's and, just no way for that not to be sketchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like there's so many overhangs on that loop, you know. So it's Boy, like and you guys were right downtown. It looked like. Yeah, we were right downtown. We just rolled around the loop all day. And so, and it was funny too because it was a Saturday and we didn't shut down the CTA. So we'd pass a station and there'd be people <laughs> waiting for trains and there goes Chano. Yeah. <laughs> Give a quick wave. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we had to, it was, it was, it was logistically pretty crazy, but just one of the more fun film images I've ever gotten to create. Wow. You know? Where did yeah. the, uh, the animation come from? Because I noticed the, the goggles that get animated on him. Yeah. That looks like that street art that is yeah, which, the same guy. Yeah, it is. That's it what is. I was wondering. So that kind of came after we shot where we kind of realized like, oh, we have Chance in this sort of like Hebrew Brantley flyboy kind of gear. Um, let's lean into that. You know, we've ar- we're already doing this sort of like superhero vibe. So, uh, yeah, that's when I met Hebrew Brantley, who's just like... He's the artist? Yeah, and he's an amazing dude. Just like a really nice guy, like really encouraging when it comes to your art too, you know? 
And uh, so, yeah, he did some animation on that, and we became really good buds. I ended up working with him a lot after that on some comic book stuff he was doing, and he ended up doing a bunch of stuff for, for Slice, and it was, it was a cool, cool meeting. Yeah, I bet. Uh, is he a Chicagoan then? Yeah, yeah, lifelong. That's nice. too funny. We'll have to try to talk to him sometime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I see his stuff all the time. I recognize the goggles immediately when the yeah. video came on. I was like, oh, wait, those are, you know, I see that guy. Yeah. Painted everywhere, and it's great because he's like he's this street artist, but he also has this amazing fine art, and he's been able to sort of combine the, the, I don't know the genres as it were, you know, where he's sort of got these like a lot of this superhero based art, but it's it's up in galleries and and it's getting bought by you know Jay Z or yeah. whatever, you know, it's <laughs> like it's pretty cool that he's he sort of made that that transition, you know. Yeah. So how do you go from doing all that mm-hmm. to Slice, which we all just watched this week. We all just bought. Yeah. Amazing. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Nailed it. Thank like, you. How, do, how does that come yeah, about? Yeah, do you approach somebody or did somebody approach you? or? Um, so how it worked was I, I came up with the, the original idea when I was drunk and uh, <laughs> wrote nice. it down in a All the great ideas. <laughs> yeah, <too>. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Pizza delivery guy gets yeah. his throat slit. Yeah, and it was just like, that's a fun Spoiler. idea. Spoiler. He's probably ordering pizza. <laughs> yeah, so what, what exactly was written down? Like, what? I have it. It's on my Instagram recently. I found the note, but it's it says something like, woman orders pizza to other people's houses, kills the driver. So it was, like, going to be framing <laughs> people. It was going to uh-huh. be framing the customers. And um, sorry, I'm burping from this beer. <laughs> and uh, but I, I, I wrote that. I wrote that as the short eventually, and it was kind of like it was really dense logic to get it to why this woman would want to be framing all these people <laughs> for killing uh, pizza delivery drivers. But that's the script that lived for for seven or eight months before I started being like, you know what, I need to do something else with this. And the first draft wasn't supernatural at all, um, and I. Have always been a fan of um, George Saunders. Have you guys read any of his stuff? He's a no, he's a great. So. Um, he writes a lot of great short stories. Has some novels, but he has this novella called Civil Warland in Bad Decline. And I can't even really get into all what that is, but it's it's about the guy who works at a Civil War theme park, and some hooligans are messing around, so he hires an assassin to take out the hooligans, and it's just <laughs> hilarious. But there was this one thing in there that like feels like it totally didn't have to be there, but it did, and it changed my life. It was like. This guy goes to his parking lot, to his car in the parking lot after work, and there's like some ghosts, like a ghost family from the real Civil War era hanging out there, and they're just like confused by everything. And he's like, ah, oh, these fucking ghosts. And I'd never <laughs> seen them like treated that way in a yeah, story before, like, you know, where it's just like taken for granted that like ghosts exist and fuck them. No big nuisance. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? So I was like, okay, fucking how do yeah. I lift that and turn it into something having to do with pizza? And it snowballed from there. And, and, um, I'd always want a chance in it, and the sort of like werewolf thing came to me through like thriller, you know, just thinking uh-huh. about that stuff. So. <clears throat> well, that's the thing about that movie that I took away was just the style of it. Mm. It was like you put in so much work and just the style when it comes to the music, the outfits, the cars that they're Car- driving. Yeah. There's so just much the, detail. The in atmosphere that. in general, the the pizza place that you made up. And everything, everything. Yeah. It's just like the neon and the, these jackets. Yeah, He's wearing one of his jackets from the, <laughs> from the movie. I knew it was an way. audio medium, yeah. but it was going to help yeah. me along. Well, yeah. we can tell them. Yeah. <laughs> these jackets are awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was... Um, I was always, you know, I'm really into movies like that. I was When I really first started getting into film, I was really into like Wes Anderson. And he always creates these just super vivid worlds. Mm-hmm. 
But even even so, like Stanley Kubrick is like my favorite filmmaker, and you look at the the level of design that's in The Shining or something like that, you know, and it just the atmosphere brings so much to to what it is, and and this piece in particular, it ended up not being about any one individual person. It ended up being about this town, mm -hmm. um, this fictional town. So I, I really wanted to like make that feel like a fully formed place and, and just taking the production design as far as it could go, you know, for those reasons. And that makes a huge difference. That's like, it yeah. does. And you could tell, and the way that people just kind of brush up, yeah, ghosts, people that yeah. die are yep. there. That's yeah. the way these people just, you're expect yeah. going you, know, you keep expecting you to get a reaction, and then it's just like, <laughs> well, it's like, this is just like, how it is. You know, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're a fucking, oh, I don't wanna, I don't wanna spoil. <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah. I will not do that for the people, but. Can we yeah, mention a funny line, or is yeah. that spoiling? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God damn, we just got done. Kicking about that line where that dude goes, the, the second cop. I'm uh, the I'm fully yeah. convinced that cats can speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know and what? They just don't want to. <laughs> that was I swear to God, that was one of the like last choices I was making in the edit where I was like, do I have to kill this line? Because it's like this Fuck moment so you're getting into the finale and stuff. Like, Fuck I was no! Like, I was like, best, no, it's got to go in. Funniest lines I've ever seen in my entire oh, it's killer, life. Man, I'm I love that convinced. guy too, Will Brill. He like, yeah. he just. That, that, that's the thing about all the performances that work really, really well is the full commitment to it. And it can't be a movie like that. The yeah. people that commit to like the world and the campy, like the yeah. campiness isn't weird to them right. or anything. It doesn't draw them out. Yeah. Shit is money. That dude fucking saying that line about yeah. that cat. No skin off cats. my cat. <laughs> no skin <laughs> off my cat. Dude, I heard that. <laughs> I love that. And I both the cops, I mean, the my personal favorite scene in the movie, you know, it's, you don't want to pick your children and stuff, but yeah. like, the the other scene of the two cops where he's explaining how why he hates werewolves and that his uh, oh. that his dad like the full <laughs> commitment to that yeah. line no, it's like there's a, there's a version of that scene that's like a minute and a half longer because I just oh, wanted really? to milk it it's just like <laughs> it was so funny to me and it and it landed really well in the theater which I was excited about well for being like a, a strong cast like that for the most part you had a lot of big names in there mm. um, Hannibal. Yeah. In there for a little bit. Uh, Chance, obviously. Zazzy. Zazzy Beats. Chris uh, Parnell. Chris Parnell. Chris uh, Parnell, man. You know who two of the funniest guys that I enjoyed were the two cops. You know, yeah. they're, they're two guys yeah, I didn't know. And yeah. they were people that you hadn't seen before. I didn't yeah. recognize them, and I thought, Maybe oh, you had guys. seen them, but, like, and they we nailed had. it. Like, I personally had. Because the yeah. script, you know, it lended itself well to just being funny as fuck. You Thank you, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, those guys. So the the older cop is Tim Decker. He's a Chicago theater guy, you mm -hmm. know, and he's he was on that show like Boss with Kelsey Grammer. Okay. Um, but he came in and auditioned, and it was one of the most like encouraging moments of my life. I'm a new writer. I'm a new filmmaker, and this guy just came in and like sat down and hit it. Like he just knew what it was, and he murdered it. And mm. like basically, what you see on screen is what he did in the audition room, and I was so blown away. You know, and then Will was presented to me through uh, a New York casting agent. He's been on the OA, on Netflix, and a couple of other things. And and um, he just he to me felt like he could do anything. Like he he, I'd seen him do really weird shit, and then I watched some stuff where he was more more dramatic, more on the more just straightforward. Yeah. So I was like, that's kind of, that's kind of the stuff that works really well is when you can get those guys who know how to toe the line between going all the way out and more like straightforward. Well, you had a killer cast even on top of that. How did that come about? Did you do you play a big role in the casting? Obviously, with yeah. This so, being your thing? did people call yeah. you about wanting to be in this movie? Did you call them? It was a um, mixture. It was a uh, the only person that the only two people that I like asked to be in it 
just personally were Chance and Hannibal. Um, and beyond that, it was a it was a casting process. So it was we went to PR casting here in Chicago on Hubbard Street and had just all of this incredible talent, people from here, from Second City, you know, from from Goodman and Steppenwolf and all these different places coming through and just like I was just blown away. I could have cast the movie straight out of Chicago, yeah. you know, like I and I didn't know that that was going to be even a possibility. Yeah. And then some of the people who had more name recognition were coming through um, our casting agents in New York. So that was like a crazy process. Basically, they kind of give you a list of people that they think would sort of fit what you're looking for and, you know, what maybe their availability is, if they're available within your time frame, you know, and then some people are offer only, so you offer it and then see what happens, you know? Yeah. So, like, to end up with Paul Shear, yeah. to end yeah, up with Chris Parnell. one that we forgot to... It just, like, it It was so surreal. Like, I'll never forget the day. I was on set. It was close to the end of the shoot when I finally got the email that was like, Chris Parnell would love to be your mayor. And I was like, you're fucking kidding yeah. me. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. And, and he couldn't have been more perfect for that. Oh, yeah. yeah he's just, absolutely. He's perfect in everything he does. It's but he true. He nailed that. I hate part. to give away any more, but man, the painting scene, I won't say anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he throws that thing over. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and that... That scene, so I hope people don't think this is too esoteric since we're not spoiling it, but that bit was an accident, and it turned oh out really? to be... Yeah. He was meant to cover the whole painting. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and then there was going to be a thing at the end where he pulled it off, and it was smeared, and he was upset. But like we went in there, and he just threw the wardrobe on it, and it didn't cover it, and I was like, we're going with that. Like That's what you... Uh, that's, that's amazing. It's so funny, and it ends up being one of the funniest visual gags in uh-huh. the whole movie. Yeah. And... Uh, the one guy we didn't know that works at the pizza place. I'd say I was Rudy not... Rudy Galvan, probably. Or, yeah. or, or, or do you mean the ghost? Uh, he's the ghost. The ghost. That's, yes. that's Lakeen Valdez, yeah. Yes. He was a good Yeah, we good looked ghost. him up, yeah. and we weren't familiar with him until... He nailed it. Yeah, God man. God damn it, that was so good. He's so funny. Like, he came in, and, and, and it's funny, too, because in the character, is like, nothing like the dude. Like, he has... He actually... His voice is in a much higher register than the way he speaks, and... We looked at his picture, and was like, damn, he's way better looking dude, than yeah. what he is he's in like, this He's, movie. like, shockingly <laughs> like, handsome. Yeah, dude, this dude yeah. could be a totally different character in yeah. this movie if they made him look like himself. Yeah, totally. But like, I'm... Uh, that's the best kind, though. Yeah, it's, it's fun, too, because then you get into those positions where it's like... He came in and auditioned for that and, and landed it and was perfect. Um, but it's cool because now I can how think about in the future, like, I have this beautiful man who I can put a, in a role. How do you, totally how do you audition different. for that role, by the way? <laughs> monologues. Monologues. It's those, like, it's those, those heavy joints where it's like, uh, you know, the legacy of terror and all that. Sh- you know, like, yeah, he has yeah, to come yeah. in and do those. And um, and there was just nobody who had that voice and that authority. Yeah. And yep. yeah, it was great. Nice. So what's it like for you as a... I mean, this is your first time directing a narrative like this. Yeah. And you're trying to give direction to guys like Paul Shear, Chris Parnell. Yeah. People that you might not know personally. A lot of them you know personally, at least, mm. so you can move them around. But, man, what's it like with those people that... It's, it's, um, it's really intimidating. I, I remember... Sort of like I remember Shear's first day, and I was kind of like dancing around. They're like, they're like, Paul Shear's here, and it's like five in the morning, and I'm like, all right, shit, I gotta go talk to Paul Shear. I gotta go direct Paul Shear. Here we go, you know, psyching yourself up, walking around the wardrobe room, deciding not to go in. But then you talk to them, and they're just great people, and and they wouldn't have taken a chance on something as like weird as this if they didn't want to go for it. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to show up here and be like, like, all right, new director. (laughs) 
you know, what do you got for me? Like, they're here to, like, really tear shit up with you and, like, do what you want to do. But what's also great is, like, Sheer was so good about improvising. He's just, like, hilarious. And he'd bring stuff to scenes, and I would always allow it pretty much because yeah. I'm just like, yeah, man, give me options. Like, there's no <laughs> way what I've written is better than what you're thinking of in your brain <laughs> right now. Yeah, you're a genius, yeah. And, um, and so that was great to be able to... But then there was stuff where, like, we had to rewrite a scene on, on the day, and so I could just let him and Ray Gray, like kind of improvise around what's on the page and pretty soon we've got a really funny scene you know it's the one where she comes in and they're about to go to the basement and he's running her through you know it's the secret um, of our jumbo slice yeah it's just two slices oh yeah <laughs> um <laughs> and so that fucking janitor at the yeah the basement yeah too. oh he was yeah, he's too, so yeah. Good. yeah man i love that guy <laughs> um oh shit i am a ghost <laughs> <laughs> and then uh parnell came in and Again, it was late in the shoot. It had to have been the last week or the second to last week. And he came in, and I'm seeing him over there again in the makeup and wardrobe chair. And I'm just like, all right, here it comes. And I was sitting in the lobby in, of the Joliet train station. We were shooting all that City Hall stuff. And he just came out, and he sat down, and he kind of got on my level and was like, he's like, please, by all means, direct me. And that was one of the first things he said. And I was just like, that opens that it up. Amazing yeah, thank feeling. God. It was like freedom, and it was just like confidence. And it was like, this dude... Liked what he sees on the page, yeah. and he's here to like trust me to do the thing. And then, twenty minutes later, you're in this big room with him at a podium, reading some shit that I wrote while I was sitting on the couch in my underwear <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's just like it's the most surreal thing ever. Well, and you probably grew up. You're around our age, I assume. You probably grew up watching. Oh yeah, Parnell on Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, us. he was always like stunning to me too because he was like maybe the only guy I never saw break. Like yep. ever. Yep. And I'm like, this guy's either out of his mind or he's like the most professional. <laughs> that is true. I've never, yeah. And he's committed also the dude. most ridiculous one out of oh, all he can, of them. He's yeah. so good at just being ridiculous. He and plays straight it straight, but he, like he, as he, that mayor too, just ridiculous yeah. as fuck, but straightforward. Yeah. Here well, I am. What was cool though is that he had like he had incisive questions and stuff that I hadn't asked myself, you know, where like there's like a point where he kind of changes his tune. And isn't so on board with all these murders that are going mm-hmm. on anymore. And he had, and he was asking me about that. And like to me, when I was writing it, I was just kind of writing like, this is what happens in the story. This is like, this is just ne- what needs to happen right now. And he kind of hipped me to the fact that like, oh, I should have answers for these character questions, you know. And um, and that sounds like what's the most noob director thing <laughs> to say, but like it was true. Like I hadn't thought about like why was it, and he had some ideas about it, and that was cool to sort of exchange. well, yeah. You, yeah. You, it's probably something you don't think about as you're writing, but every character, they're going to be played by a real person, and they have a whole life that, yeah, I mean, that has led them to the decisions and the yeah. lines that they're going to say. There's a reason they say that yeah. shit, and there's a reason they're the human being that they are. Yeah, so, I suppose. And with such a huge cast, you know, I had been thinking about uh, Astrid, and I've been thinking about Dax, and I've been thinking about Sadie a lot, and even Vera. But like, yeah, when it comes to like, oh yeah, there's there's also thirty other motherfuckers in this movie who mm. have some have some serious weight to them, you know? Well, what was the decision of being in the movie as well? Because you play a role. Yeah. You play a, yeah. a, a pivotal role, really. Yeah. Um, it was That was a decision I made really early in the process. It was at the short film stage when it was like, when I was going to make that for like zero dollars. I was like, this would be funny to be in my own first movie and kill myself as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you do, I guess. Yeah. 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 I, w- I realized much later, I was like, oh, this is going to give good fodder for uh reviewers who don't <laughs> like it you know just put the gif of me getting murdered yeah. but um it was it was that but but it was crazy because like i didn't 
fully because I mean obviously I didn't know that Zassi Beats was gonna be Astrid in this movie. I didn't know who it was gonna be or whatever. So like yeah. it got to the point where like it's that ghost scene, you know, where we're like together in an alley and I was like, Oh shit, I have to act with Zassi Beats. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like directing this movie, I've got prosthetics on <laughs> and I was just like I was freaking out a little bit, but uh it worked out. Um and she's a really great scene partner, you know, so it was it was helpful to like kinda just let her shine, you know, but it was like yeah. You know, when we talked about coming to Chicago and stuff, I always wanted to come do this shit. I always wanted to come and do Second City and I.O. and everything sure. else, and I just pussied out. Um, so it was <laughs> Well, like, it worked out for you. <laughs> it worked out okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of like my little foray into acting, and then I don't know if I'll do it again, but it was, it was fun. Well, it's cool to be able to say, like, not only did you direct this big-time movie, but Man, here you are getting your you're, you're, an, you're an actor yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've got got a, that's a credit, a credit man. That's yeah. a fucking credit. Uh, how does A24 get involved? Because right now you go to somewhere like the Music Box or Landmark up there. Any movie they're playing that's worth a shit right now is A24. You'll see it right at the beginning. They're yeah. putting out some of the best movies. How do they come to get involved? And how does that feel for you to be? Yeah, with something so it was crazy, man. Because it was like it was right around. It was about it was summer of 2015 is when they reached out and they reached out to us. And the way that happened was like it's one of those stories that like it's almost too good to be true. Where like we had been working to get this movie funded and produced for about a year at that point, and basically we had Chance attached. Yeah, because this was before. This was after you had asked Chance, and he yeah. What did he put? He posted. So this is how it happened: yeah. is that we got like, I want to say it was something like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars together, and like we were just gonna fucking go for it and like make some version, some scrappy ass version of this movie. And so we announced it, and hoping that that would garner some more attention and maybe some more money. And so we had Chance post this amazing poster by um, Alex Yaccarino that's like a drawing of Chance next to a moped and there's a big pizza slice and it's like... I remember seeing that. Yep. Yeah, and it's like, what the hell is that? So we posted that and within like two days, we're in the New York Times. It was like, it was like Chance the Actor <laughs> to star in... And I was like, oh shit, there is no movie. Yeah. <laughs> now we gotta fucking do it. And, uh, and it was around that time and we were hearing from people... It was mind-blowing, the, the, the emails and calls that we were getting. And then we heard from A24, and they're like, hey, we're interested in that. We might want to buy that. And I was like, check it out. There's nothing to buy, but let's talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> and they were really receptive to being a part of that process. They were just getting into getting ahead of movies. Where it, yeah, it, Up to that point, they were a distributor just buying them. This has to be, because when did you start filming this? That it was, um, we, we filmed in August and September of 2016. This was like, this started in July of 2015, I think, with them. Yeah, and that's early on, you know. Yeah. I don't feel like, as yeah. a viewer, I don't feel like I knew A24 until the last year or two. But yeah. it's because at that point in time, they were yeah. cranking out stuff and so going all in. They had done a pre-buy on Room and got Room made, so that was coming out right around that time. And then a few months later, they got the Oscar, or Brie Larson got the Oscar for yeah. that. Next Machina got an Oscar. And I think the Amy documentary got an Oscar. And so all of a sudden, it was like A24 was on the radar of not just like film geeks, but like the industry General at large. Public, yeah. mm. So that was cool. And by then, we'd, we'd gone and met with them at their office, and they were pretty much on board to do this thing. So it was all just about securing financing and getting everything together at that point. Yeah. Is that overwhelming for... Someone like you that hasn't... Yeah, it's a journey. It's, yeah, a, it's, a, it's a journey because, I mean, you, you just never anticipate the amount of hiccups there are going to be. Like, you really have to be 
willing to like persevere through a lot of stuff that that's way out of your control that you that you can't expect you know like there was a point and it's one of the things that I like I'd rather not go into details on sure. but like we were going to shoot it in May of 2016 and like I think we were like a week into pre-production and the financing collapsed totally bottomed out zero dollars no more movie and it was wow. like fuck <coughs> two weeks yeah, away like wow which is like a story that you hear a lot yeah but I can't imagine yeah it was like I was you know quite literally we were at that point where we were picking out the colors of the drapes and doing all those fucking things and then it was like great what do we do now? And so we decided we would start chasing down the money and we found it and got it back on the rails within about three months. So that was like, but it was, I mean, you know, it's one of those things that you just like, shit, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe this isn't meant yeah. to be, you know? But who is at that point, yeah. you know? Yeah, You can think that all you want, but when it comes down to it, no one's ready for that kind of, Yeah, you just got to roll with the punches. Yeah, you do, you do. So, um, so yeah, man, that was the, that was the whole getting it, getting it to production process. <laughs> what uh, Did anything surprise you when it came to, se- like, on set or, like, actually filming? Like, did anything... Because I, I work in TV as well, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how many times there's just a disaster behind the scenes where you have to figure something out yeah. last minute, and, yeah. you know, when it comes on, no one at home knows. Yeah, the first one, I think, that came up in production was, uh, I think, day three, I had we had scheduled... And it was it was because of the amount of cast we had and cast that had specific schedules that I think we we needed to knock out most of Chance's stuff in the first week. So it was like day three we were gonna do this car chase, uh, this junkyard uh, like parkour stunt thing, and uh, it poured down rain. It just started <laughs> like it just started like brutally pouring down rain, and it was like there's just nothing we can do except shoot the pieces with Chance inside the place. And move on with our lives and reschedule the rest of that stuff, which was probably for the better that I didn't have to direct car chases on the third day of the shoot. Yeah, yeah. that's a <laughs> big move. You know, I wanna but <laughs> but what's even teeth. crazier is that it didn't. It was never a car chase up until maybe a week before that too. So it was like we we had it written as like a foot chase over a rooftop and all this stuff, and maybe a little wire work, you know. And then the roof that we found was just untenable. It was going to collapse. There's no way. So, you know, three days before shoot, we're like, we found this junkyard. Let's write it. Let's write the scene around the junkyard. So we did that. And then we get on set to shoot it, and it just pours. So it's like, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, snack to God, but it like, whatever, man. <laughs> it was yeah. like, you know, just you just have to keep moving, you know? I mean, it's got to feel good on your final rap day mm-hmm. where it's like, man, you look back at all those little things that could have gone. Yeah. You know, could have been ending. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not, you were this close to not even making the movie. Yeah. After somebody pulled that funding, you're yeah. like, fuck, you're and that one can, lost dream that is in a well of yeah. lost dreams and as far as movies And go. that can kind of like steal your nerves t- against some of the other stuff that yeah. comes up when it's like, oh, I've got to... I got to reschedule because of rain. Yeah, fuck, fuck it. that. I I'm, did this I'm on with no set. money for, <laughs> yeah. for a little while. I'm on there, set. So. Uh, so yeah, it's stuff like that would come up, but um, but yeah, I mean, it was just about really like it was really about. I mean, it sounds corny, but like just keeping a good attitude, man. Because it's like you also have all these people who are working with and for you, and like you have to present as a 
calm and collected individual mm-hmm. uh, who's who's going to stay positive through all that stuff. Otherwise, they have no reason to, and they're not going to enjoy being there. Yep. You know, it's such a collaborative. You're kind of the head of it, so we you have, have to put on charge getting stressed. Then you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's losing his mind. Like <laughs> the guy who's running the craft table is going <laughs> to be losing it yeah, soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't too much stuff like that. So I I, I felt pretty lucky. Was it everything you hoped it would be? Your first feature-length movie? Yeah, man, it was. And it was for a lot of reasons, for not only the good stuff, but for those tough things, you know, where yeah. it's like, I know going forward what things ca- I can do to avoid some of those mistakes. Yeah. Or some of the, you know, obviously some of that stuff's inevitable, but you at least know that you can get through it. Like, it's it's been worse it's in doable. many cases. And you've done yeah. it one time, then yeah. you know you can do it. Yeah. So I imagine you have further plans of doing yeah, yeah, I'd love to get back and do another feature just as soon as possible. Like, this ended up being from, I mean, from the time we actually started actively producing it to release the other day, it ended up being about four years. Yeah. So it's like, shit, yeah, I'm ready for another project, you know? It's like, I'm Is so Is that a excited. pretty normal time frame there? I, maybe, mm, I don't know, maybe for a first-timer okay. who's, who's doing something on this level. But it's something you could normally do in about two years, probably. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, I'd yeah. say. And a lot of people, you know, and, and that's the thing, too, is I feel so lucky to have gotten, I mean, Jesus, this budget, this cast, this score, this, you know, this crew, this distributor, it's all just insane, so. You did it on the cheap, right? This is a pretty cheap yeah. movie. Yeah, it was yeah, pretty cheap because they were saying that something like a million dollar budget? It was right around there, yeah. Jesus, and yeah. you have that cast and that yeah. score and yeah. the yeah, writing and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> easy that you, you did that one on the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I think I sold the script. You had to do, like, a couple of, like, legal things, like, just for paperwork purposes. Oh, yeah. I think I sold the script for a dollar. Yeah. Like, selling <laughs> an like, old car. Yeah, yeah. I have to legally say that I... But um, wait, why do you have to do that? It's like it's you have to sell it. The studio owns. Yeah, you sell it to the LLC that's like the production company or whatever. So like, I sold it to my own company for a dollar, and it's just and it's just a legal change of hands for IP purposes or something, you know? Like, but yeah, it was funny that day to sign the paper (laughs) where it has it lists it says a dollar and it has like in parentheses it spelled out one (laughs) dollar. Frame that check. Yeah, (laughs) for real. Never cash it. Yeah, Yeah. I don't even think I got the fucking dollar. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. (laughs) They taxed you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, one thing that I uh, just being in this kind of industry is uh, that I noticed was that it seems like you use crew wise and stuff like that. Chicagoans or yeah. people from the area. Oh, yeah. Because I've worked on all sorts of different things in the last, like, two years where people say, oh, yeah, Slice? Yeah, we worked on Slice. You know, yeah. people just talking about Slice together. And yeah. that's really cool because, you know, we, we like to talk to people from Chicago about Chicago. Mm-hmm. And you're one of the few people that are doing that. Yeah, I, it was, like, it was a huge part of this particular film for me was, like, because it was going to be this sort of, like, my first outing, you know, it was, like, this city shaped who I became as a filmmaker because of all that music video stuff and and you know the fact that chance is a big part of it and all of the collaborators who I've been making this work with that basically got me to this point they're all here and I wanted to work with all those people again as many as possible anyway you know um so so yeah that meant a lot to me to be able to do that you know and just and we all got to like go Live in a Best Western Joliet for a month. Uh-huh. And it was just out in the suburbs, right? Yeah. Is that where you guys filmed that? Yeah, Joliet. Nice. So and were most people from the area then mm-hmm. that were in the movie? That were in the movie? Yeah, actually, most people in the movie were from the area. And uh, and basically everybody on the cast is a... I mean, sorry, everybody on the crew is a 
Chicago. The crew, that's that's just been like a running narrative. Like, I can't tell you how much I hear about Slice and, you know, working on Slice no matter where I'm at. It's like, oh, you guys worked on that too? Like, how many people worked that's on this awesome. movie? It's amazing. It is. It is amazing. And, and um, you know, that credit roll is is amazing to watch, to, to really put it back into perspective that all these different people came together to make this thing work, you know? And, mm-hmm. and everybody was, like, excited to be there and worked really hard and just, like, gave it their all because it was something different and something they were excited about, you know? Um, Chicago has some great productions, but a lot of them are more, um, they're more in that NBC vein, you know, a little yeah. bit more of that yeah. networky type of yeah. stuff. So I think it was fun for people to like get down on an independent film that just wanted to be insane. Way more freedom and yeah. range that you're gonna ever gonna have yeah. with Chicago Fire and shit yeah. like that, Chicago, for sure. Yeah. PD, Chicago, every, every exactly. Chicago <laughs> health, Chicago, <laughs> Chicago <laughs> funeral home, Chicago <laughs> trash man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you think you're going to keep doing uh, music videos too? I I'm I'm down for it. Uh, it was always I, I have to tell the truth. It was always a means to an end. It wasn't I, something I really I planned. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, there's nobody that really out. probably signs up and says I just want to do music. Videos. Oh, there are, Super. there are. There's passionate passionate folks in there. Yeah. But for me, it was like it was it was the way to make a little money and learn the craft and develop your yeah yeah yourself as yeah. the artist. And, that I mean, it sounds like you enjoyed it too. Especially I did with like. Yeah. Well, and uh, you met, you know, yeah, everybody, yeah, with Nick Mensa. But, and but there's something too where it's like I feel like there's a movement in music videos now, at least in the way that I see them, where it's like it's really been affected. I think by that sort of, I don't know, that like Instagram kind of social media culture, where it's like people really just want to have access to these artists. They don't really want that like big production that sort of makes them other. I feel like there's people want more access now. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I think people want a little bit more simplified stuff that maybe be might be a little bit less in the like narrative experimental vein that I like to be in. So, you know, if people are, if people like my steez and like want to try it out, I'm totally cool with that, you know, but like, I'm just excited to be able to sort of, you know, I'd love to look at TV, and um, there's just so much good TV right now, and and uh, commercials and movies mainly. What do you have? Uh, do you have anything coming up that you're working on? Yeah, or? I'm writing a, a feature right now that I've been writing for longer than Slice, like not really? not consistently, but yeah. but it was like an idea from like 2011 or 2012. Um, so I'm getting close on that, and I just uh, directed a pilot presentation for Hannibal Burris, which is sort of like a pitch for a pilot. It's like a short sure. film. Okay. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I'd never really directed somebody else's work uh, like that, so it was really cool. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. yeah. Uh, You just direct the pilot and then you pitch it to other people? or Yeah, it's, it's sort of like it skips the pitching process within the network, like within the room, mm-hmm. so that you can be like, here's a proof of concept. Uh-huh. Would you like to make our pilot script? So it's basically like a 10-minute version of that pilot. Yeah. So it's and then you see well, if somebody wants to commission you to actually yeah. make it. Yeah. Would this be like an hour-long show? It's. It seems like it'll be more in that like 21 to 30-minute joint, okay. like an FX okay. type thing would be ideal for it. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. FX has yeah, like 50 Emmy nominations tonight. That's another, oh, uh, yeah. another company that you'd want want to get involved with hell just yeah that'd be a good one and they, they would give you the freedom a hell of a lot more than like nbc or CBS yeah. Yeah. or some shit yeah. like that you know yeah i love those fx shows and yeah. zassi beats is up for an emmy tonight pretty yeah. excited about for that Atlanta. yeah nice. yeah man she's got to work on some amazing stuff as well yeah Unreal, she's been killing man. just as crazy right? as anybody yeah. it was like 
she was in Joliet with us when Atlanta premiered. So, which I felt a little bit bad about. It's like this huge career moment. <laughs> yeah. Or you She's been. at the Wingate in Joliet <laughs> off the interstate. Uh, but, you know, she was so cool about it and so willing to, to work on this project. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even, it feels like six or eight months later after we wrapped that it was like, Zessie beats cast in Deadpool 2. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah. She's a Marvel superhero. Rockstar now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. And she's, she's. I guess they're filming the Joker movie now. She's on that really? cast list. Like, man, yeah, Joaquin that. Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. Wait, wait, Todd wait, what? Phillips. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk we about got, this for a second. We got <laughs> three minutes. Somebody <laughs> explain what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is going to be the new Joker, but yeah. it's supposed to be like a backstory. Yeah. So it's like a Joker movie, not a Batman movie. What, what's yeah. she, it's what's an origin she doing story. in it? Origin story. Is she playing her Harley name, Quinn? I don't know. It just says her name is Sophie Drummond or something. Like maybe a comic book nerd would catch a reference there, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. All I know is Joaquin Phoenix, De Niro. Uh, well, uh, who's who's the Francis Conroy? Um, and yeah, it's but it's directed by Todd Phillips, who did The Hangover. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck. But Joaquin it's be. Phoenix ain't signing up to do some shit. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. He does not do shit. He and of course, Zassi wouldn't either. No. Yeah. So it's like. I don't know. It'll be a fucking adventure. I can't wait. That sounds awesome. It's probably gonna be a home run. Just from that, yeah. That cast <laughs> yeah. List. yeah. So the first, the first like set photos came out yesterday, and I was like, I'm intrigued, man. Yeah. I don't know what's gonna be, but it, it feels like it's a different take on Batman, and I've just been so sick yeah, of the Snyder shit. You yeah. know? I like when they do that when they kind of mix things up a little bit. Yeah. Who Who is it that you look up to personally? I'm a huge uh, Paul Thomas Anderson fan. It's yeah. like that's like well, my main yeah. guy. Genius. Um, yeah, and like I said, when I was first getting into movies, I was like really into Wes Anderson, and then I kind of got to a point where I was like, oh, if I keep watching his stuff too much, I'm going to start making his movies, and you know? You, like, you can't do that, because yeah. that's a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. Like, he's so specific that, like, you start borrowing People will start there. saying, that's Wes Anderson, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like Alex Cox, like, that came up in a review the other day, and I just totally flipped out. They made this movie, mm-hmm. Repo Man. If you've never seen that, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Um but Is that yeah. where they go get the organs that people can't afford? Um, no. <laughs> it's their... <they're>, they're <laughs> what am I... That's just called a cars. It's Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> it's Emilio Estevez and Harry Dean Stanton. It's like this really punk rock movie from oh, the 80s. It's an early... way off it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not even close. It's the one where the car ascends to heaven. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. It's like P.T. Anderson and, and I, I'm obsessed with Stanley Kubrick. Like, yeah. Like, well, that's... See, that's somebody that you can kind of... Yeah, fudge on because yeah. like he just has the he has so much he has a range look to him, but it's too. not like Wes Anderson yeah. where it's the colors and the yeah. obviousness. I noticed, I noticed, like, like oh, to on both point. of them in, in Slice. I noticed like maybe little things. I, I saw you posted something uh, that made me watch it in a different way. Oh yeah, where you had all those odes to your fame, uh, oh, favorite yeah, yeah. directors and stuff. And yeah. there's the hallway scene that was the Kubrick. Mm-hmm. And right when that popped up, I'm like, oh yeah, that's it. That's yeah, that's awesome. Like you know, just a little nod to. Those people. Yeah, it was fun since we were making a movie that was such like a, a conglomeration of elements from so many different things. You know, it felt like this sort of kitchen sink approach that is like any time I could find a fun and non-invasive way to like put in a little film homage, I tried to yeah. do it. You know, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, so since your tongue was in your cheek a little bit on this one, mm. what are your favorite campy horror movies? Did you have anything in mind that you were kind of riffing off of? Like, you know, I really Evil like Dead. Yeah, yeah, like, I like those. Uh, you know, and I actually I really like the TV series too. The first season I watched. Yeah. Um, 
of that. Uh, Shaun of the Dead was kind of a, a good That's marker. Good. Um, but, you know, it's weird because, like, and this is something that I think fucked with a lot of reviewers, was that it isn't a horror movie. Um, you know, it presents itself with these horror conventions, but it's mm. so not that. It's this weird political drama comedy. Yeah. yeah. And and so, like, it's almost more akin to, like, Roger Rabbit than it is to yeah. any particular... It felt like it was okay. making fun of a lot of... Thing, like Damn. The, the cop scenes and the yeah. horror scenes, I think like it was kind of just making fun of all of them rather than just like, oh, this is making fun of a horror movie. Yeah. You know, this, is, yeah. this is like its own thing. It's, it's about just, movies yeah. more yeah. than yeah. it is it's about just being self-aware about I think, everything yeah. in general. Yeah. That's yeah. what I enjoyed about it the most is that watching it, you could feel your touch on it. Like I could tell, oh, this is what he's going for and this is a specific feel and a specific vibe mm. that on paper, I don't know that I'd even be able to read. Like it's Yeah, like, sure. Like how do you even convey that without just seeing it like yeah it's amazing that you sold that because when i watched it, i was like this is it this is i get it yeah this mm-hmm. is great i i totally understand what he's mm-hmm. doing but man it's amazing that he even was yeah. able to convey that without well i think i think that it's entirely possible that a24 thought that they were getting themselves into something that was more akin to a horror comedy yeah uh, something uh, like so you know because they put out those prestige <laughs> horror movies that are amazing it comes at night hereditary yep. ghost story all that stuff oh they did hereditary yeah i just saw i saw yeah. that it was scary shit yeah scary. and 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 <laughs> i remember the first time i screened a cut of this for two of the folks who were like integral in bringing us into the company the dude stood up and was like i've never seen anything like that i uh i thought this was a horror movie <laughs> and i was just like okay <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, but it was like, you know, but I mean, shit, for a guy from a prestige film company to say, I've never seen anything like that before, it's like, okay. It's that's like, what I yeah, loved about that's it. Exactly yeah, exactly what you want yeah. to hear. And yeah, yeah and, it, and he's right. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those that it's so good and self aware that, but you're not mad about it being self aware. Yeah, it. I loved so it. That, that, after I was finished watching, I just thought, that's amazing that. This is something I, I watch a million movies, and I've never really seen this, and I get it. Yeah, you know, like it's yeah. not something that like was over my head. Like I understood it. I was it like, reminds oh, me a Cabin in the Woods just a little bit. Oh yeah, just sure. A bit about sure. a self-aware like yeah. horror type movie. That's that a good call. It has their tongue in their cheek at the same time. They're like, "Yep, we're gonna rail on that fucking yeah. stereotype," and yeah, but then we're gonna twist it and just be good. That's great. It. I that's it's funny because I remember first seeing Cabin in the Woods when I was like fourteen and being just taking it for what it was and being like, "Oh, that's a crazy movie." And then I watched it again yep. when I was like nineteen or twenty, yeah, and I was like. Oh, they're doing something here. I get it's it. like, yep. oh, this yeah. is a great movie. Yeah. It's like, oh. But yeah, it's totally that. It's totally that, like, that feeling of... And that's that's what's been good about even the reviews that are, like, bad, which I read against my better judgment. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they they all find something about it that is unnameable that they like. That's like, oh, this is, this is like, well, he fucking swung for the fences and made something that wasn't quite what was expected and I was like I can feel good about that even if it didn't land for them you well know? it's great and that's what it's gonna well, be it's, it's like it's, it's a good movie it's and just it's something a well different. done movie if you don't like it you probably shouldn't write a bad review about it just because <laughs> you didn't like it because it's a good movie right. and well, it's and well it's, done it's been everything. well received but as well it has it has but not everybody's like, that's like great. it that's but also sure. maybe yeah. it's just something they haven't been you know, introduced to before, so they don't yeah. really... And they probably need to watch it a second time. Right. Or smoke some pot. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah. I think it. I think if they gave it a second go, they might find something For sure. If, if you come into it and you know what you're coming into, yeah, you know, uh, I think we're getting booted out here, but... 
Is there anything that you're working on right now currently that you want to? Oh man, just uh, just getting just keeping the word spreading around about this. You know, it's like a little little do movie that could. And do you go on a media tour or anything like that? Or? No, man. It was like my media tour was just last Monday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. just like it was just like, but but it's cool. This is the first one I've done since it came out, and it and it's great to talk to you guys. It's great to talk to some people who have seen it and and you know Absolutely. got it. It feels good, man. So yeah. I yeah. appreciate well, you guys having me on here for sure. We appreciate you coming. We love the movie. Can't wait to see what you do next. Yep, you know, we're, we're, as an Iowan, yeah, that's the biggest yeah. thing. Hell yeah, yeah. very yeah. proud that hell yeah, you know, another Iowan is. Yeah, and we're, we'd love to have you back. Absolutely, after the next man. one. Yeah, this was a blast. Thanks for, for the sure. beer. So, uh, cheers, right. cheers, 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 gang. Good luck.